Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. And so I've been talking to some of you guys via text, also on social media, and I understand that this is a time where there's a lot of confusion. We don't quite know what's going on. We haven't experienced anything like this in the United States in a really long time, certainly not as long as I've been around and alive, and certainly we've had scares. I can see some people downplaying what's happening uh, with the social distancing and comparing it to the flu and comparing it to each year. There's something There was swine flu. There was these other things. And I just urge you as believers in this hour, let's not minimize what the authorities are telling us. I know we can't always know who's telling the truth and you're getting conflicting stories, but let's not add to the conflicting stories. Let's not add to the confusion. Let's be um positive in this hour and let's see how this fleshes out let's learn to love one another let's not start debates and battles online um let's just stay in our lane and um choose love in this hour um one thing that i do know is god is sovereign and he's sovereign over all of our human affairs and he's sovereign over our lives and so we need to rest in that this morning. If you belong to him and he's sovereign and he's good, we need to rest in the fact that we belong to him. And so I've seen certain uh, reports on the Internet asking, is this the judgment of God? Um, who needs to repent? Um, and I just want to make some really clear statements real quick about that. Um our entire existence is based on God's judgment. And what I mean by that is uh, when God created the earth, he created original humans. He gave them a certain set of directives. He gave them a certain set of rules and he told them not to go against them. And what happened was they went against them and this thing called sin entered into the world. And the world that we currently live in is not the way that it was originally created. And because of that, we have famines. We have pestilence. We have outbreaks. We have pandemics. Uh, we have murder. We have all these things in the world that are hurtful to us. And they're a, they're a direct correlation with God's original judgment. And so in that sense, yes, God is judging us, whether this pandemic comes from God's hand or if it's a manifestation of something that we do. We live in a broken world and God is judging the world. Um, we're in a holding pattern for our judgment. And that's the reason that Jesus had to come and die on the cross for us. You see, the world will be judged. We're all going to be judged. And so the judgment depends on what we do with Jesus, because if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we follow him with our lives, we escape the judgment that the world will see and the judgment and the wrath that was poured out on Jesus, the work that he did on a cross benefits us. And so if you're a believer and you listen to this right now, we have hope in this hour. Even if this is our last hour, we have hope. And so I just want to get that out there real quick and that the coronavirus did not catch God by surprise. The coronavirus did not catch God by Surprise. You see, we need to understand that God is in control, but we feel uncomfortable with that. Um, 
Because if God is in control, that means I lose control. And that's some of the anxiety and the fear that some of us are feeling right now. And so what I want to do today is I want to address the church. I want to address you at NECC and anybody listening. I want to address the church from the perspective that I've gotten this week from listening to Moses's prayer, Moses's prayer. And in his prayer in Psalm 90, uh, we get a peek into a relationship of a man who knew God from direct experience. He lived a nice, full life. The Bible teaches us that he lived 120 years and scholars will tell us that he had 40 year distinct periods of his life where he was learning massive lessons. You tell us that uh, the first 40 years he was trying to be somebody in Egypt. The second 40 years he was understanding that he was a nobody. And the last 40 years he was learning that God can use a nobody. And so Moses led this long life of experiencing God and life altering and life changing ways ever since his birth. And from that, we can derive strength and we can derive courage from his life and his stories. And so in his prayer in Psalm 90, uh, we understand that he had witnessed God's power firsthand. And so anything that comes out of this man's uh, mouth uh, surely it's something that we can grow from, that we can learn from. Um, and so from his prayer, we can learn how to posture ourselves in trying times. And so in Psalm number 90. We're going to read verses one and two. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever. Or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And from that perspective, those first two lines in the text, we can see that Moses had a proper perspective of God. His theology was good. He had a good perspective of God. Uh, He understood that we serve a present God. Look at this. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. You know, see, some people will believe that God created the world and then he just bagged up. He stepped away. He is not a part of the craziness that's going on right now. Um, Some people don't even believe that God created the earth and there is a God. But as believers, we need to understand that we serve a present God. He's present in the hospital with those workers who are working hard to save lives. He's present with the people in the hospital who are battling for their lives. He's present with the uh, people, their believers in high places who are making decisions right now for their city, for their state, for our government. And God is present with them, persuading them and talking to them about what they should do. And so we should understand that he's an ever present God. And he's ever present even now in my living room. He's present in your living room. He's present in the sister that you sit next to every other Sunday's living room. He is present in our lives. He's an ever present God. And he wants to make you. He wants to allow you to know that he's there, that he's there. And so he's a present God. We should not have to be afraid. I'm getting all up in the camera. I got a big old head. He we should not be afraid. And fearful. We can trust him because he's present. And watch in verse two, 
Moses saw that God is creator. I remember when I uh, was a part of Austin Christian Fellowship and uh, Pastor Will Davis, uh, who was mentoring me, uh, he would take us on these trips and we would go to Colorado up in the mountains. I'm a I'm a I'm a boy from the projects. I ain't never been around a mountain. But the, I remember my first impression of mountains, how vast and how big and how grand they were. And that there is nothing in human power. There's nothing in our human power to create something so massive. They were huge. We would drive for miles and miles. And it seemed like they were <laughs> we weren't even making up distance on them. They're so, so big. And here Moses is saying before mountains were brought forth. Or if or ever you formed the world with your hands like God, you were there. You created all these things. Moses may have been sitting next to a mountain looking up and going, man, before this great big mountain was created, you were there, God. You're a creator, God. You're an awesome God. And he's given God his proper perspective into his life. And then he says something that's really profound. He said, you are from everlasting to everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's saying that God is powerful and God is eternal. Listen, God is eternal, which means he is not moved by time. You can't put God on the clock. You can try and, and, and say, God, I need you to show up now. And God, I need you to show up in the midst of this. But God is eternal. He is unmoving. He's unwavering. He's not worried about tomorrow because he owns tomorrow. He knows exactly what's happening tomorrow. It's like he knew what happened since eternity passed. God is everlasting. He's eternal. And in these trying times, we lose perspective of that, that we are just a part of his story. God's story. I'm glad about it. Because that means that God is eternal. God being eternal means that God is patient. What do you mean by that? His patience is derived from him being eternal. He's not moved by the mistakes of the day. He's not moved by the fears of tomorrow. He's eternal. He's patient. And because he's patient, he's patient with me. And in this hour, in this season, I'm persuaded lots of Christians under the sound of my voice right now. need to be grateful that he's patient, that he hasn't given up on us, that he's here, he's present, and he wants to encourage us. So in summary of how God is viewed by Moses, Moses essentially said, God, you're a great big God, so much bigger than the small God that we project, the small God that we follow sometimes, and which is not a God at all. We have this that there's this image of Jesus. We have this image of God, which really isn't him. And sometimes um, 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 we get challenged. We are scared. We are fearful because we don't know how big our God is. And not only do we not know how big our God is, we don't know how much he cares for us. He loves us. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which means that he cares deeply and dearly for you and me. So Moses knew God. How many of us sitting in our chairs right now or on our sofas or even laying across the bed right now watching me understand that God was known by Moses 
And the challenge is some of us are losing our minds because we don't know God. Some of us will say we know God, but we don't know God. And what's crazy is we have a greater ability to experience God in the here and now than they did in the past. All because of the work that Jesus did on the cross before he went back to be with the father. He said this. He said, I must go. So that a comforter may come and that comforter is none other than God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he comes and takes up residence in us. And so now we have God on the inside. Living on the inside of us, persuading us, convicting us, telling us what's true, telling us what's wrong. But here's the challenge. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. I think many of us, we grieve the Holy Spirit on a regular basis and we don't know it. I believe we live in a distracted age where God wants us. <coughs> Not time to be doing that, Sean. But the Holy Spirit, we live in an age where the Holy Spirit wants us to sit down somewhere. We're so distracted by so many things, so many streaming services, so many books, so many movies, so many things we can get involved in. And God is trying to get us to a place where we will acknowledge him and we can hear from him. So because Moses put God in a proper perspective, now Moses can be put in his rightful place. And so watch verse three. He says, you return man to the dust and say, return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight, abort, abut as yesterday when it is past, or as you watch in the night, <coughs> or as a watch, excuse me, <coughs> was a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers, for we are brought to an end by your anger. Listen, sin has brought God's judgment on the world and the cause of sin is death. And so Moses is filling the, uh, that in this declaration in that we die because of sin. We die because of sin. No one can shake their fist at God and say, why are you allowing us to die? We die because of sin. He said it from the very beginning. He said, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. But then he even gave us grace that we didn't die on the spot and he didn't start all over and create something else. But we were born into sin, shaping in iniquity. And so because of sin, we die. That's just a part of life. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sin in the light of your presence. Listen, I just want to take a moment to thank God for the cross. I also don't want to lie to you. This is a scary thought. I mean, this is a scary thought. It's basically Moses coming to grips um, that our lives are not our own. I, we don't have any control over our lives. I know you think you got control, but for the most part, you have no control over your own life. It's just only <clears throat> it only seems like you have control. 
And much as we try and fight to act like we got it, <coughs> we ain't got it. I need some water. <coughs> and we back. <clears throat> the Bible goes on to say, for all of our days pass away under your wrath. We will bring our years to an end like a sigh. Love this part. Watch this. The years of our life are 70 or even 80 by reason of strength. <clears throat> Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we finally fly away. We finally fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we might great we might get a heart of wisdom. Verse 12 is so pertinent. I think really pertinent in this hour. In light of God's eternity, which Moses saw, and in light of our frailty and our infiniteness, like he is infinite and we're finite. <clears throat> um, and the nature of our lives due to sin that's come in, we need to be praying to God, teach me to number my days. I mean, if by reason of strength, you might live to be 80. I know some of us got big mamas who live to be 99 and 100, but those are anomalies. Like the average age, like many people don't live that long. And so tomorrow's not promised to us. And a lot of us are walking around in fear, trying to hold on to this piece of a life because it's all we really are going to get. Some of us are running around here trying to just just milk life for as much as we can get out of it, manipulatively doing things and not following the course or the actions that God would have us to do. And God is saying, listen, listen, slow it down. Moses is saying, God, teach me to number my days. Why? That I might get a heart of wisdom, that I might be wise with my days, that I'll learn how to do what I need to do and move the way that I need to move because, God, you're sovereign, because, God, you know what's best, and because, God, this life is fleeting. Look, true wisdom comes when we understand that God wants us to find how we should be spending our time. <clears throat> and in this time of social distancing, <laughs> many of us have found much more time. The conversation is like, man, I really want to spend time with God, but man, I got kids, I got this. And now you're trying to get those little boogers out the house, ain't you? Um, and so we have so much more time. I know in this time of social distancing, I've really realized <clears throat> how much more time I've had. Some of us don't have that hour, 30 minute commute to work every day. And so we have more time for God. And so my question is, are you filling that time up with God or are you filling that time up with watching CNN? Or scrolling Facebook? Are you spending that time in prayer? Or are you filling up that time on the phone with your friends trying to find out where the toilet paper at? Are you spending your time with God? Or are you spending your time gossiping and coming up with conspiracy theories? Are you spending your time with God? Are you spending your time in the word? Are you spending your time in prayer? Is your house full filled with worship in this hour? 
Or y'all still over there dropping it like it's hot? You see, I think judgment starts in the household of God. And I believe that God is speaking to some of our hearts right now that we need to have households that represent him. When this quarantine or social distancing or, or, or stay where you're at, whatever the way the different people are saying it, will your house be a house of hospitality? Will you have people over your house? Or will you still be like, man, people, they, 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 they kids tear stuff up. But when you bought the house, you said, I'm dedicating this house to God. Now can't nobody come over. What are we going to do? Are you sitting silently in God's presence? Or is the house just filled with noise? Like we said in ECC, we're going to move on. And in this moment, I think Moses could have had a flashback. But at least when I read this, I thought about a pivotal point in Moses's life early in his leadership as he was leading people who didn't want to be led half the time. Moses had led them out of Egypt and into the wilderness, exactly where God had told him to lead them. And Pharaoh and his army were fast approaching on their chariots and with their horses. And the children of Israel began to groan and grumble. Why did you bring us out here? You don't brought us out here to die. They didn't have enough uh, uh, graves in Egypt. And so they just turned totally around like God had allowed them to come out of captivity. And they walked out of there like they were ready for war. But then when Pharaoh came after them, they started singing a different tone, a different song. And watch this in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 14. Verses 13 and 14. And Moses said to them, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, in this hour, I know it's scary. I know it feels dark. But listen, we should not fear in this hour because God is sovereign and he's in control. Now here, I'm going to say this concern and fear are two different things. Concern and fear are two different things. I'm not saying do nothing stupid, just walking around all out, pumping gas at the grocery store and come back and licking your hands, wash your hands, right? I'm not saying don't social distance. I'm not saying that because I think in this hour, a lot of people are confusing uh, foolishness with faith. Well, if God going to take me, he going to take me. Listen, listen, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But concern is something different. And so Moses is saying, don't be fearful. Don't keep looking at the news feed and worrying. Don't allow anxiety to come into your heart and spike you out of control. Don't let anxiety cause you to run to the grocery store every day to stock up on toilet paper and necessities. And there are people out here that ain't got. Don't allow fear to cause you to hoard. We believers, we should be doing different. He says, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Like Moses had some kind of faith that he knew if God led me to this place and if God allowed me to be here it's okay for me to be here. See, a lot of us are fearful. A lot of us are afraid because we don't know where we're supposed to be. 
And we don't know where we're supposed to be because we're not sitting and waiting in silence for God. We're not spending our time in a word and prayer. And so we don't know where we're supposed to be. And so, yeah, we feel like we're out of control right now. But God has given us a word. And we need to have the attitude of many of the uh, characters of the Old Testament. If I perish, I perish because God is in control. And so we need to understand that we should not be fearful in this hour because after this world, there's another hope. For Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Watch this. The Lord will fight for you and have now, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. We see this time and time in scripture. God will fight your battles. You just sit still. And I don't talk about just sit still, say, go ahead, get them, God. But I'm talking about sitting before God in silence and hearing his voice and knowing what he's doing and see God go before you. That's what I think Moses is speaking about in his prayer. And we're on the tail end of it now. Verse 13, back at Psalm 90. He says, return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as you have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Are you ready to allow God to go before you? This would be a time and an hour where Moses understood some things. Moses understood that God didn't want him to fear, that God was going to fight the battle. He understood that God was big and God was powerful. He understood that he had not the talent or the ability to fight his battles, but God would go before him. And this is the thing we need to hear in the midst of our fears, in the midst of the things that have us spiraling out of control. God is with us. He's for us. He's fighting our battles. And if something, pray tell, happens, we have a hope. Now, personally and honestly, I'm not a prophet or son of a prophet. I think we can survive this thing. I don't think this is the end of the world as we know it. Um, but I think we can be cautious and we can do certain things and we can adjust the way that we're doing things in order to allow people who are going to die to live. Um, but this is what I also know. That we should be praying like Moses prayed. Lord, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. Have mercy on your servants who are fearful right now. When God teaches us to number our days and put the right perspective on who we are and whose we are, he says that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. This is not a time to be downtrodden and sorrowful as believers. 
this is a time that we should exemplify love. We should exemplify hope in our resurrected Savior. And we should be pointing people to the cross. We should be pointing people to our hope that comes after this life. He says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen evil. <laughs> Watch this. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Listen, parents, this should be a time where you should be preaching to your kids. Because they little ears hear things, they're on Snapchat and Instagram and they're saying things and the wrong things, the right things. And so we should be in their ear right now so that God can show his power to our children, that we might have confidence that the household will follow our confidence. He says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of, watch this, our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so what just happened there? What was that transition? Listen, God is always at work. We need to know that God is always at work. And Moses just prayed, God, let us see you at work. In this hour, we see CNN. We see the president's um, daily briefings. We see uh, the ticker that shows how many people are dying in our counties and how many people have contracted the virus in our counties and the lines at the grocery store and the lines at the gun shop. We see all this stuff going on. We should be praying, church. God, let me see your power. God, let me see your power. Asking God, let me see where you're at work. Let me calm my soul. Let me sit in silence so that I can discern where you're at work. And God, once I find out where you're at work, watch this. Let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us. Why? And establish the work of our hands. I believe God is trying to transform the church. That we will be in a place well, we just don't show up on Sunday mornings and go home and do whatever we want to do. Now we're stuck at homes and we can't go to church on Sunday mornings. I believe that God is trying to mobilize his church to see where he's at work and to join him there. Will you join him with me? Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.